name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. This podcast is about me reading short stories and fiction stories as well as non-fiction stories for all my listeners to enjoy. Thank you for listening to Miss Z's Storytelling. My name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Here I am with chapter three, Cries in the Dark. I'm not going to go beyond this chapter as I told you in my previous podcast. Please go out and support this artist, Kimberly Brown. I am not in the habit of begging, so I'm not going to beg you. I'm going to ask you. This is a really good book about her true life experiences from a child into an adult, her journey into the priesthood, getting initiated into Ifa, going the Santeria way. Please go and support this artist, Kimberly Brown. Does that, did I just sound like I was begging? <laughs> Go support this artist, Kimberly Brown. You can purchase her book on Amazon. Cries in the Dark, written by Kimberly Brown, narrated by Queen Zoya Counts. Cries in the Dark, Chapter 3, The Dark Side. I was experiencing my first heartbreak. Instead of dwelling on the pain, I decided I would get back on the dating scene. He was fresh out of prison and was looking finer than fine. This is a real man, I thought. His name was Flick. He epitomized a bad boy. Little did I know he was everybody's man. He dated every woman in town and had a main chick he lived with and a piece of me on the side when he wanted to sneak out of the house. During this time, the spirits returned to me. But this time in the form of screams. It was like a million people were screaming and roaring like a stadium full of people chanting at once in my head. I never could get a clear message as to what they were saying as I ruled it out as anxiety. I was worried about dating again with a child. I didn't know much about spirituality and didn't look into why I was always hearing these voices. My mama found out I was messing with him and knew he dated a woman who was kin to the Davenports. Their grandmother was known for traveling to a root doctor named Dallas Moore Sr. in Donnersville, Georgia. A root doctor is a traditional healer who uses herbs, roots, potions, and spells to help or hurt people. He was known for doing anything for a dollar. His later lineage began to practice witchcraft, the practice of dark magic used to hurt or kill people. The grandmother would take busloads of people to see this man. She had been taking people to see him for so long that she learned a thing or two from him. My mama used to receive remedies from the grandmother of Flick's girlfriend. When my mother found out Flick was who I was messing with, my mama was scared for me. But it was too late because I found out that I was six months pregnant. I tried hiding from him, but one of my sisters went behind my back and told him I was pregnant. He pulled up on me the first chance he got. I heard you carrying my baby. I didn't know what made you think that. I don't know what made you think that. I lied and said no because I was angry. I was pregnant by somebody I barely knew and I was embarrassed. I felt like the voices were a combination of my ancestors warning me of the evil sexually transferred from him to me. 
What was supposed to be a fling turned into a nine-year spiritual warfare. This man came in and ruined my life, I thought. Our daughter, Katira, was born in Sarasota, Florida, looking like him. Things began to unfold, and the screams in my head were getting louder. When she was born, I was experiencing severe vaginal bleeding. I thought this was common. The bleeding was getting worse by the weeks. After six months, I was experiencing severe postpartum hematuris. My oxygen levels was dropping because I was losing too much blood. And after several trips to the emergency room, my mama looked at me and said, these people did something to you. My mama made a call to a root doctor, Dr. Powell, who lived in Augusta, Georgia. A root worker is a person who casts spells, uses oils, powders, and money bags. As soon as we got on the phone, she started confirming things about me, telling me about my life and the people around me. The woman who lives with the father of your child practices witchcraft. Out of all the people I talked to, I just had to mess with this woman's man and get pregnant by him, I thought to myself. But Dr. Powell told me the woman was upset. She put all types of curses to harm me and destroy my children's lives. She referred to me as another root doctor or she referred to me another root doctor named Bobby Harris, who is from Cleo, Alabama. I called him for a full consultation, and he was friendly and pleasant. He later mailed me a yellow liquid potion to break the curse, run the water, empty the contents in the bottle in the water. My mama prepared my bath water, followed the instructions, and helped me get into the tub. I was so frail that I couldn't move. Moments after soaking in the water, I noticed smoke was coming off my body. My grandmother walked in to check on me, then ran out traumatized by what she saw. She was afraid and yelled to my mom to kick out the house, kick me out of the house. But my mama closed that bathroom door so that I could purge in peace. I called Bobby back that night, still feeling scared. My body was smoking when I took the bath, I asked. That's good. That's what it's supposed to do. It broke the cure. Praise God. The bleeding stopped immediately. When I returned from my checkup the next day, the doctors couldn't find any signs of damage. I saw a flip a couple of weeks later. I was still silently mad and refused to communicate with him. I tried my best to avoid him for years because he was very violent with me. He believed that no other man was allowed around his daughter, and I returned to Bobby Harris for more root work over the years. His work consisted of summoning energy back into the ground. He would dig in the graveyard and quote scriptures from the Bible. He prayed with incense lit while reading from the book of Psalms. He would then perform road opener work to close the portals that don't need to be in my life then opens the doorways to my destiny. This procedure includes insurance my, ensuring my financial stability by keeping negative energy away. It was hard to stay clear from Flick because he would have to see our daughter. One day I decided to tell him about his girlfriend doing witchcraft in hopes of making him change. Your girlfriend trying to hurt me through witchcraft. I need you to stop messing with her because she trying to harm our family. He looked at me like I had lost my damn mind. We used to hear stories about people practicing witchcraft growing up and never thought it was a real thing. He never believed me and would brush off, brush me off. He thought I was jealous of her and would come to her defense every time I mentioned her. Eventually, I stopped telling him and would always go back to Bobby Harris for guidance. You have something special in you, Bobby told me. You're going to be just like me one day. 
I didn't reply to his comment because I didn't want to be disrespectful. But in my mind, I knew I would never be like him. I wasn't scared of him, but I knew there was no way a girl like me could do the things he did. Over time, he started teaching me how to defend myself. I was intrigued by our lessons, but knew to stay in my lane. Never say anything bad. Never do work to hurt anybody. And only do things to further your financial prosperity. Flick and I finally agreed to co-parent and go our separate ways. The bills piled up with two kids to feed, so I started hustling to figure things out on my own. I met this guy named Dino early on in my business. He was a crackhead, but a true hustler. He knew all the people with money that didn't want their faces seen. Lucky for me, my business was a one-stop shop. Dino would buy drugs and bulk for me, then deliver them to all his friends. We had a solid system going. I was able to stay low-key, and he was able to keep his clientele satisfied with a good time. Our arrangement made me realize how much of a come-up our business could be. I began paying Dr. Powell $500 per month to protect me while working in the streets. She would do a monthly road, open a ritual to keep money flowing for my girls and I. She would remove anything unfamiliar and strengthen my defenses against Flick's girlfriend. It all seemed to be a very never-ending process. I would later discover that her curse of haunting me would evolve into a blessing later in my life. By the time I was 20 years old, I was running an entire operation. When my older brother named Dirty got released from federal prison, he came to me with a list of names and numbers. These people would help us expand the business, and it was time to get that pack. I became his driver and started running the drops. In exchange, he would sometimes give me products to help me pay my bills. It wasn't long before I was trafficking cocaine from Miami to Fort Walton Beach. I was losing my mind making fast money, yet having difficulties balance it all. Bobby Harris was put in place to protect my money and safety while Dr. Powell defended me from Flick's girlfriend. Dino and I worked with the clientele while my brother and I kept up with the product. We had a smooth operation. One day the pack landed early and Dino set up the sale before confirming with me. It was my turn to make the delivery but Dirty got greedy and intercepted the transaction. The situation started his second federal indictment and put me under federal investigation. He didn't know the person Dino introduced him to for the transaction was an undercover federal agent. This mistake landed us all under federal investigation where I was arrested on a 19-man count indictment from Fort Walton Beach to Honduras. I knew something was up because I always saw the DEA passing by my house. When I would try to lay my eyes on who it was, they would flee from the scene immediately. I didn't know what to think, but my intuition knew I was in more trouble in the usual trouble. I ended up moving to the next county, Santa Rosa, to throw the DEA off. I never stopped grinding. I switched positions and never contacted Dino again because he was a rat. I didn't want anything else to do with him. At 21, I was selling drugs to the mayor of Valparaiso, Florida, and a tugboat captain. The feds were on to him as they introduced me to Jimmy Ray Thompson in Destin, Florida. It was something about Jimmy Ray Thompson that I knew he would be my next partner in crime. We'd been getting hanging out in the clubs and going to private events where he introduced me to his circle. It was refreshing to get out because it gave me a social life and kept my mind off the spiritual warfare I was experiencing. 
I was trying to find a cure or someone strong enough to end the war. I knew they wouldn't end the fight soon with the money I was making and paying my spiritual workers. We were all finally eating. People from the hood called me movie star because I was the best dressed woman in town holding the world's weight. One night, I decided to step out. All eyes were on me, including this particular man who caught my attention. We locked eyes as he made his way towards me. I was in prison with your brother. I told him I would check you out when I got out. That's cool. Now, who are you exactly? My name is Monty. I'm from North Carolina. We smiled and exchanged phone numbers. As I walked away, I kept thinking how good he looked. And the scent of his cologne lingered on my clothes. I built up the courage to text him a few days later. It felt like something or time just really didn't exist when we talked on the phone. I couldn't wait to hear his voice and continue our conversation. The butterflies was taking over me. I liked him so much that my mind couldn't stop wondering if he felt the same about me. I like you, my text read. Do you like me, yes or no? The suspense killed me as I waited for my phone notification to sound off. Finally, he replied, yes. I was turning flips from excitement. We set a date and discovered we were a match made in heaven. Monty and I were inseparable. Flip caught wind of my newfound love and decided he wanted to change. However, it was too late for him. I was in love and comfortable with someone I trusted. Flick began blowing my phone up while Monty and I were enjoying life. I would see Flick's text messages begging me to return to him. I ignored him and I focused on the man I knew had my back. I stayed at his apartment every day. And you know what happened? I became pregnant with my third child. Wedding bells were in our future and we were making all the proper steps towards I do. Yet his mother was disgusted by me no matter what I did to make things right. She seemed to hate everything I did without even trying to get to know me. His older brother Rico disliked me even though he tried talking to me before I met Monty. Yo man, you need to get rid of that bitch. Monty man, her and her brothers, they trouble. You tripping. It wasn't long before I decided to go home and I had had enough of Rico's negative comments. I left Monty's bedroom walking past his brother into the living room with tears in my eyes and my head hung low to the ground. As I got into my car, I could hear a voice telling me to hold my head up because I did the right thing. They assured me I didn't have to choose him or settle for less. Shortly after, I looked around and sped off into the darkness and decided to go out later that night. There was no sense in sitting around being sad, so I got dressed and texted Monty. Hey, I'm going to go out for a minute. See you tomorrow. I wore a skin-tight blue dress with sparkly silver heels. My makeup was flawless to exclude my natural beauty. Okay, I'm going to hang with the fellas tonight, Monty text read. As soon as I walked in, Tambo was the first person I saw on the dance floor. I smiled, walking in her direction, knowing we were about to have the time of our lives. Girl, Flick been looking for you in the daytime with a flashlight. He has gotten on my last nerves, crying to me about you. Even had me checking every hotel looking for you and your new boo, Monty. She was joking. Girl, I'm done with Flick's weak ass. He slept with the whole town in my face. But not me. Come on, let's party. The night was young. We had a great time singing every lyric to the songs the DJ played. 
Eventually, Flick made a grand entrance. He was the big man in the city. When we walked into the club, everyone made way for the king, Tombo, and I turned towards the door. Oh shit, Kim, Tombo whispered to me. There goes Flick. It seemed like the whole club stopped as Flick walked over to me like a gentleman with his hand out kindly. Hey, Kim, can we talk? The DJ turned the music off as we walked off. I looked around thinking about the whole town seeing me leave with him. I was unsure what to expect from our conversation as I followed him. I couldn't reject him in front of everybody because he would have killed me in that club. As we approached the door, I looked back at Tambo as if it would be my last time seeing her. Something whispered to me, don't trust him. I kept looking him up and down as he reassured me everything was okay, that he wouldn't hurt me. We got into his red Chevrolet convertible and drove away. Where you been, Kim? I, bam! He slapped me in my mouth. Warm blood oozed from my lips as I began to cry. Where we going? I been looking for you for weeks. Open your legs. We were turning onto the road where his sister lived and I could feel him tearing my underwear and reaching for my heels. You not gonna be with anybody, bitch. I will kill you. He began to beat me with his right arm using my shoe. And when he pulled into his sister's driveway, I heard a voice yell, run. I jumped up out of my pool of blood and took off barefooted. I could feel the blood running from the top of my head. I could hear the motor of his car, which meant he wasn't far behind me. I was sprinting as fast as I could to climb the fence ahead of me as I spread my legs over the hedge. Flick hit the fragments from the wood. Pieces of the fence wood pierced my hands. I laid on his convertible and I could feel the blood oozing out of my hands. I'm sorry, Kim. He rushed from the car. Let me help you. I was wounded pretty badly and had blood coming from so many directions. My hands was going numb and I was losing my strength. However, I knew I couldn't let Flick get his hands on me. I was used to him raping me when he was mad. I couldn't bear letting him have his way with me, especially in this condition. I managed to get up and run into the darkness away from him. Too weak to go further. I crossed the main highway from the owner's yard with a destroyed fence. I could still hit the engine of Flick Chevrolet convertible driving my direction. Thank God I was tiny. I camouflaged my bleeding body into the bushes and wrapped the branches around me. I watched him ride past me numerous times, calling my name out. The sound of his voice made me quiff. I hugged the bush tighter every time I heard my name. Kim! Kim! Where the fuck you at, Kim? I cried out to the heavens to save me, but no one came. I dug myself from the bushes when the scene was safe and walked back home. That night taught me to choose me moving forward. I was thankful to see another day and my kids. However, my encounters with Flick would not end there. One week later, the feds kicked down Monty's door and raided the place. I just so happened to be at the grocery store. Monty had drugs and scales everywhere. He took the charges and got sentenced to five years. During this time, I discovered I was pregnant again with my child, Terrence Ramon Merritt Jr.
you know sometimes people think that when a person is a priestess or a person gets initiated into african traditional religion that they're coming from a life that is beauty they're not coming from a life that is beauty and that is one of the reasons why the orishas will choose you to walk with you and it seems like the harder our life is the stronger we walk with spirit get her book read her experiences it was as you can tell from chapter two and chapter three i ain't even read chapter one yet to you guys but i read it myself that there are a lot of things that she experienced in her life and that if it was not for the grace of the source the grace of the ancestors and the grace of the Orishas that had already claimed her things probably would have been worse off than what they were check out her book my name is Queen Zoya Counts. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss C's Storytelling.